Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. It's my pleasure to invite Abhiraj, co-founder and CEO of Urban Company to this episode of behind the scenes journey of an entrepreneur welcome abhiraj thanks for taking the time thank you thank you so much mani thank you for having me you know uh, abhiraj uh, the word culture is bandied around all the time what does it take to build a great culture i was just checking glassdoor ratings and everybody dreads <laughs> that right but you have phenomenal uh, rating so you've done something right by everyone what goes into building a great culture for you i think the first is uh, you know a concept called ownership which is a very core uh, culture pillar for us um we like to organize our company in a way that every individual uh, in the company is the owner of uh, something some some piece of work some work stream uh, within the company so we we do an org redesign almost every 18 months because we realize that somewhere every 18 months or so the current org structure is not well suited for ownership at fast scale up but we've also done it through what i you know feel very proudly as you know, perhaps one of the best esop programs in the country um we are very generous in our esop awards um we have till date given esops to uh, more than 600 employees and and for our current 1200 employees about 500 of them have esops uh, have uh, very very fair esop uh, policies so you know some things like um, linear vesting uh, infinite hold period uh, accelerated vesting and um, and and uh, you know shares being awarded at face value these are you know in our opinion very very sort of employee friendly uh, esop uh, terms i think that's one second i would say vani a topic that is again fairly close to my heart is the concept of fairness um i think for organizations to do to really scale and do well over time you know over years it's very important that team members feel that the organization is fair uh, it is fair and it is perceived to be fair both are important. and fairness is you know one thing that is very hard to to scale especially as a company you know goes from being a startup to slightly mature um you know uh, how do you continue to bar raise on talent how do you ensure that uh, the way people are rewarded in the company performance management compensation all of your you know nuts and bolts of your hr systems and processes align to fairness because the one thing you need is people to feel a certain psychological safety net where they know that if they do you know if they put in their heart and soul into the company rewards and career progression and learning is a given and the system is fair and the system is going to judge them fair but yeah i think the the larger point is culture has to be deliberate uh you know don't let culture happen to you um otherwise you know like weeds in a garden you know they will just it'll happen one way or the other so you want to you want it to be deliberate you want it to be thought through 
um, as a founder and a leadership team. One thing I know that this conversation for sure will be fascinating because you have very original thoughts on many things. And I uh, know that uh, uh, Urban Company has a great ESOP program that's unusual. And, you know, uh, congratulations on, uh, you know, visualizing that. But I do want to change topic to hiring. Do you have a uh, framework? Do you have a hiring philosophy or set of principles that has worked for you? Yes, um, I think, um, you know, there are two or three things that we, um, uh, you know, have thought about uh, when it comes to hiring. Hiring, I think, is, I would say, probably one of the most important, uh, if not the most important thing for a startup to get right. I think right off the bat, probably the most important thing is to con continuously hire bar raisers. Um, every individual that one uh, that a company hires at any level in the company, let's say you're hiring at a VP level or an EVP level or even a manager level, any level, you have to make sure that the individual that is being hired is in the top quartile, if not the top decile of the existing bar at that level. This will continuously up the bar in the company, the internal bar in the company, and um, it will become a beautiful virtuous cycle. Often what ends up happening is that we compromise on hiring and we would end up hiring, you know, because hiring is typically, you know, uh, us as companies always bandwidth constrained, you know, so hiring is typically done, rarely done ahead of the curve, usually done when the position should have been closed yesterday. Uh, and sometimes, you know, given the pressures of work, given the pressures of scaling, you know, you can make the mistake of compromising on, on not hiring the bar raiser. And I think that's, that's one of the worst mistakes that, you know, we've done, and I'm sure many other startups have done. What, what does it do? The only way to avoid that is to raise the bar and hire bar raisers. So that, I think that's one. Two, uh, despite, despite your best efforts, um, you'll have to turn the team and you may have to turn it a couple of times, you know, over your journey from zero to IPO. Mm. Um, and that's because startups will scale and scale very fast and, 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 and leaders may not necessarily scale as fast. Um, the best leaders will realize this and will not let it be a point of ego. And if you've had an honest and transparent conversation with them throughout, they will not see this coming in as a surprise and they will make way for a better leader to come and they will learn from that better leader and grow. Only if they are not scaling um, and, and are no longer investing in, in, in their learning and their growth, should you take the tough decision to part ways with them. As long as they're scaling and learning and they're growing, even if they're not keeping pace with the company, one as a founder must do everything possible to because that's the core fabric of the culture and the DNA of the company. You don't want to be mercenary with your leaders and your team. You want to be missionary with them. Uh, but at the same time, you have a fiduciary responsibility to keep growing the company. So if you don't take these hard calls and don't have these tough discussions, then you know it will basically slow your growth down. The compromise will come in growth. 
the other way to think about it is where are you spending most amount of time? What's keeping you up at night, right? So, you know, the functions and the areas of business that you're spending more time problem solving and that's keeping you up at night. It's not giving you the leverage and therefore you probably need help there. So, so don't shy away from bringing those barriers and having these tough conversations. This is probably needed to be done you know, once, twice, sometimes. Um, I wish there was a boot camp just for this. Um, I know. <laughs> because I know this is one of the difficult things for almost yeah. every founder. And uh, we should create such a boot camp. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's one of the future programs. <laughs> yeah. I think the, th- uh, the only other third point I would say is that as a founder, also your role changes and recognize how that role changes. So, you know, you go from sort of being a builder to a, you know, designer to sort of designing the system to being an enabler. So I think at some point, like as, as you bring more skilled leaders, you know, in another life, you could have reported into some of them. Um, you have to give them the space uh to build to make mistakes you have to get out of the way how do you evolve yourself as a leader um reading writing um and talking i mean these three i would say um at the highest level so read a lot um and reading is a combination of sort of reading plus podcasts so both of them together um I also have over time developed a very good trusted network of people who forward me, who do the, you know, uh, grunt work to forward me great articles to read. So um, I'm usually just catching up on all the forwards that I get. Um, Apart from that, of course, a few books and a few podcasts. Uh, So that's one piece. Writing, I I find very clarifying. Um, And so I write a lot. Um, I, I write, you know, probably more than I should. I write in uh, in every meeting. <laughs> I write, you know, after every meeting. I write before every meeting and prep for that meeting. Uh, I find writing to be extremely clarifying, um, and I definitely strongly encourage people to write um, and talking. You know, talking to people like you, um, other people in the industry, younger founders who are starting now. Uh, people who've done, you know, been there and done that, uh, talking to the team, uh, talking to, you know, most importantly, customers and service partners. I have a whole bunch of service partners on my WhatsApp group. So they just, I mean, I get bombarded with WhatsApp all the time from service partners. Customers have my email ID so they can, you know, ping me anytime. Uh, before the pandemic, I used to try to spend half a day a week in the field shadowing partners and in most cases i would pretend to be like a plus one to the service partner so most customers wouldn't know you know who i am and that gave me a great opportunity to be like a fly on the wall to see how the service partner and the customer interacts and you pick up small things you know you pick up how even the society guard is treating the service partner and things like that you know which are very interesting nuggets and almost every company you know has done something very very well so um, just sort of reaching out and, and learning from them helps a lot. And you know, what I um, think is fantastic about Urban Company is that not only have you scaled rapidly, which you have, but you've done that without really dropping the customer experience and keeping that same standard of customer experience. So what's your advice to companies on when to scale, 
how to scale, even go global, uh, what to do, what not to do in that whole dilemma. Yes, I think in the long run, customer experience and growth are perfectly aligned. And unfortunately, in the short run, they are perfectly misaligned. So that's the, that's the difficult part, you know, which is the short run versus the long run. I think what we have done is one is, you know, we have internally genuinely, uh, you know, we live and breathe uh, NPS as a metric. It is as important. We only have two metrics that matter to us as a company. Our top line right now, we're not you know, very, very hard focused on profitability. So one North Star metric for the company is the top line. The other North Star metric for the company is the customer NPS. And I would say between the two, for me, at least the more important metric is the customer NPS metric. Like a lot of companies say we're obsessed with customer experience, but you have to be obsessed, you know, and it has to be reflective in the internal trade-offs that you make. I think the second thing is actually scale allows you to do things and make investments in customer experience, which you probably didn't have when you were, you know, two or three times smaller as a company. So every year, one of the things we do is, is we ask ourselves, what is it that this new scale that we have seen allows us to do now, uh, which we couldn't have done earlier? What kind of investments can we now make into the core quality of customer experience? And that has led to investments we've made over time, like training. You know, today we have over a hundred training centers in the country. Uh, we have an in-house fleet of 150 trainers. Uh, any given month, we're training four to 5,000 service professionals. So that has been a big investment. It has allowed us to go deeper into categories and create category-specific capabilities. It has allowed us to invest in supply chain of products, you know, buying from OEMs. So a whole bunch of, I would say, capability building. Because eventually, quality is only going to come from you know, if you have the core capabilities of your business built out, if you have the, if you have the sort of highways of your business sold out, right? So, um, I think there one shouldn't be shy. Like I, particularly in India, one shouldn't shy away from heavy lifting. Quality in most sectors in India comes thin. Uh, so, you you almost as a technology company have to you know say okay, technology is super important and. It is going to touch every aspect of my business and my operations. And many of them will be technology first or technology only. But I will also build the core underlying supply chain in this category. I will build it versus just aggregate it, uh, you know, and, and, and that's somewhat different from the Silicon Valley view of doing things. Uh, but, you know, my, my views that in India, there's, there's the real modes and the you know, ability to build large business only comes if you do that. How should founders think about the India opportunity for the next decade? I think there is there is going to be uh, you know many many there are going to be many large companies that get created over the next decade. Um, I think short run there's going to be pain money. Uh, it goes without saying. Uh, the GDP is going to significantly contract this year, likely double digits. It will take at least a year, year and a half after that. So, you know, we might just find ourselves in 2022, middle of 2022, back to where we were pre-pandemic. So that time is lost. And in the process are lost, unfortunately, many small businesses um, and many people who've been rendered unemployed. But, um, you know, I think it was Churchill who said, uh, never let a crisis go to waste. 
Um, and, you know, crisis creates for us as businesses, as societies, uh, lots of opportunity. India is going to see a wave of formalization, organization, and reforms and, and reform-led privatization over the next two, three, four years. That's at least what all of us hope. There will be structural reforms in the economy and a wave of organized formal sector, you know, becoming much larger part of the GDP. I think that opportunity, you know, whether we are 4 trillion or 5 trillion or 6 trillion by 2030, you know, directionally we are going to grow. And directionally that means that we're going to add one and a half, two trillion dollars of incremental GDP on top of our current GDP over the next 10 years, every year, that, you know, that, that's what's going to happen. And that just creates massive opportunity in the country for new companies to get created, which, you know, any sliver of that GDP that you can own as a company will just end up creating lots and lots of, you know, multi, multi, I don't know, you call it decacons, companies which are double digit billions. So uh, I think that I, I have like no doubt that the next 10 years is going to throw lots of large, uh, you know, impactful companies, many of which haven't even been founded yet. India underwhelms in the short run and overwhelms in the long run. Even from the time when I started Urban Company in 2014 to now six years, I mean, there's been dramatic change in the country. There's been dramatic change in people's habits. In, in 10 years, India changes a lot. In one or two years, it doesn't change a lot. But in 10 years, so as an entrepreneur, that's also important. I would say. If you're coming in now and becoming an entrepreneur, don't have a sort of you know, quick, quick, don't have expectations of a quick buck, a quick return, you know, stay in it for 10, 15 years and you can create something very lasting. Well, this is a wonderful conversation. I took away many things to put into my notebook and I really appreciate the generosity of your time to talk and share your ideas and thoughts and insights to the rest of the startup ecosystem and community. And Thank you so much. Bhai. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure speaking to you.